to Campfire Fireside Chats. This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Welcome, campers, to this week's Fireside Chat. Just a couple of quick announcements, and then we'll get to this week's guest. First off, Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. Choose the tier that best suits your preference, and get access to exclusive and discounted merch, behind-the-scenes looks at the writing and editing process, two weekly shows, Lights Out, an exploration of short horror, and Midweek Weird, a 40N News update. We have a couple of bigger monthly shows in the works as well. In addition to all this, you can get monthly swag bags. So what are you waiting for? Get over there. If you want the whole world to know that you're a diehard camper, go to the link in this episode's description or go through our link tree and go check out our merch store. Stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, all with fantastic designs by Jonathan Dodd, Easton Hawk, and the Crescent Hair. While you're in that link tree, tap on the Discord button and come join the community that we're building. Our Discord is a place where we can connect with all of you on a more personal level, so get over there and join the fun. And now to this week's guest. We had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with someone who has become a close friend of the show and the designer behind our Jersey Devil t-shirt, Christina of the Crescent Hair. She's a brilliant artist, the mastermind behind the Celestial Alien Oracle deck, and has a very cool background in extraterrestrial investigation. We discuss her own personal men in black encounter, time slips, and black-eyed kids. This was a fascinating interview. Strap in for some serious high strangeness. And with that, let's jump right in. Welcome, and thank you for doing the show. I'm super excited to hear your story. I know you have a few... But um, we're gonna save one, one of them specifically to do on a later date when Ryan can be here with us. Yes, because um, it's kind of something that you guys have in common. Um, but you have a Men in Black encounter or story. That's, yeah, I, that's right? what I interpret it as because okay. it was really like that's the whole feeling I got from the whole situation. I'm I'm super excited to hear about it because I, I don't know. We get lots of like emails and stuff mm-hmm. about, and of course, ninety percent of them are ghost stories, right? Yeah, um, haunted houses, poltergeist stuff is the, even the more exciting end. But I've never known anyone who had a Men in Black experience. <laughs> yeah, it was just a crazy situation, and it happened like twenty years ago. But I can remember it pretty well because it was such a kind of a, what? What just happened? Um, like 20 years ago, I'll set it up for you. Yeah. Um, 20, like 20 some years ago, I was really into doing like a lot of like UFO alien abduction research. I was writing a book. I um I was doing interviews, you know, before, this was before the internet was, like, crazy, crazy big. Yeah. Um, I was doing interviews with people and coffee shops and everything, and, you know, just kind of, like, gathering information. Um, I went to a couple UFO conventions on a press pass. 
you know, I was basically just gathering knowledge and trying to figure out what was going on. I was writing it from the standpoint of the town itself, the city itself. Yeah. Like I was kind of trying to gather stuff from North Carolina. And um, I also had a job at the time. I worked in downtown. And one day I went to the credit union and it was in the middle of the city. And the credit union I went to was really small and you could only get into it one way like it was one way in one way out and it was lunchtime busy i go inside conduct my business you know there's people standing in line i'm standing in line and the weird thing happens when i leave okay. like i come out and the parking lot's pretty much empty it's lunch rush and there's people standing inside in line like what you know that was weird but at the time i was like whatever you know yeah. i come out um at the time i had a 2000 ford focus no clicky thing because <laughs> you know it wasn't that advanced and i was right. unlocking my door and something told me to look up so i look up and in the corner of the parking lot in the far end way away from the entry or the exit which was up near where i parked there was this like there's it kind of like an older model black some sort of black car sitting there i didn't think anything of it i was like whatever it's probably unmarked or you know whatever yeah so i'm opening my door and throw my handbag in and i think i had to get in the back for something and something kept telling me to look up and the more and more i was doing stuff in my car i started feeling kind of panicky and i was like you know what's going on so I look up at the car again and the window opens, like the windows open at this time. And I could see, it looked like a person inside in the driver's side. Looked like he was wearing some sort of suit. Looked like a guy mm -hmm. from what I can tell. Um, I couldn't tell if he was wearing a hat. I knew he was wearing sunglasses and he was like super pale. It was like the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. And he was just glaring at me like he was just staring at me and i'm staring at him he's staring at me and it felt like it lasted for like a hundred years yeah so then he rolls his window up and i start to get really panicky like something's not right here i need to get in the car and get the hell out of here i get in my car crank it up I look in my rearview mirror to see if he's still there. He's gone. Wow. Everything's gone. Car's gone, everything. It would have taken him like a minute to get out. Yeah. I would have seen him pass near, you know, drive past me. I would have seen him stuck in traffic at that intersection because it was really, really busy that day. Mm -hmm. Where the hell did he go? Right. Like, where'd this car go? Where'd this person go? And at the time, I just thought it was just, just some weird coincidence. But, like, later on, I was talking to a friend of mine. And we started comparing, like, what happened and everything. And she was just like, you know, with all the stuff you're getting, like, all the interviews and the questions and the materials you have, you know, could it have been this? And I was like, I didn't even think about that at the time. Yeah. Like... I remember a lot of little tiny details, 
but um, just to kind of give you an overview of what happened. Yeah. Like, I just... And, you know, for years down the road after that, like, I would pass through that intersection. I would go to that credit union, and I'd always try to, like, mimic what happened that day. Like... Try to reproduce it? Yeah, like, I would see how fast I could get out and into the intersection in traffic. Right. Like, I would kind of try to time myself. And there was no way this car could have gotten out of there without hitting traffic. Right. Like, it was packed solid that day. Um, but again, the, the parking lot was empty. Right? Yeah, it was, it was really strange. It was like, I got there, parking lot's full. I go inside, I stand in line, wait to do my transaction. I do that. I go to leave. There's still people standing in line. I come out and there's barely any cars. There's like two or three cars in the parking lot. But there's all these people inside. Yeah. And then there's this one lonely car way in the back, parked under a tree, just kind of chilling. Like, it, it was just all really weird setup. And so... I would, like, think about how he got around me. Yeah. Because I was, like, here's, you know, there was the entryway and exit, and then there was a parking spot right next to it, and that's where I was. So he would have had to have gotten around me. Right. So I kind of, I still question it to this day. Like, that intersection, that credit union is not even there anymore. It's built up. But, I mean... I still think about it. I still talk to, you know, talk to my friends about it. It was just one of those weird experiences. So something that I, I don't hear a lot about anymore, but definitely back in the day, like in, um, it was a thing that was commonly talked about on like unsolved mysteries back in, in the late Mm nineties. Um, the idea of like a reality shift, Mm-hmm. Like, um, there are stories of people, like, they're walking down the sidewalk and they go to step into a department store and they walk in and it's, like, a department store from the 40s. Mm-hmm. And they'll walk around for, like, a half an hour looking at all these things that don't exist anymore. And they'll, you know, walk into a dressing room and come back out and they're in a modern department store again. Yeah, it's, like, normal you know, again. Right. Yeah. Um, do you think maybe something like that could have happened to you where you stepped out of this busy this busy credit union and slipped into a version of reality where that parking lot was empty I mean that's quite a possibility I've never thought about it like that you know I basically just I took what my experiences were from what I was doing at the time and thought about what you know, could have transpired afterwards. Um, I mean, it would have had to been, the cars were modern. Like, you know, it was like, there wasn't, if there was a time slip, it would have been very small, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it would have been in the same time frame, but like a few minutes or whatever. Right. Or maybe, like, you slipped to a time, you know, a month ago when the credit union was closed. Exactly. You know, it could have been something like that. But I still can't 
I'm not afraid of things except for people. Like people shake me. Yeah. Um, with how they act and but this felt different. Like this felt like not like some threatening creeper. This felt like something else. If that makes sense. Did you feel like you were like under a microscope? Yeah, I felt like this this person, this thing was staring through me. Right. And I was like borderline panic attack. And normally I would have just been like, oh, it's a dude in the corner being a creeper or whatever. Let's get in my car. Yeah. But this was like totally weird. And it took me like a day or two to kind of like kind of chill out from it. Yeah. And I don't know if that was a minute. I just that's just I try to kind of reconcile with myself what it could have been. Yeah. Because of the way I felt and everything. Um. And that's all I can think of it being, really, yeah. you know? So you were, you were investigating U- UFO, the UFO phenomenon at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you, were you pretty familiar with the Men in Black at that time? Yeah, um, I was, but I wasn't. Like, I feel like... I feel like that was something that came later for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was looking at more like, you know, people being abducted, um, their experiences while they were being abducted, um, other weird things that would happen to them, missing time, things like that. Like, I knew about the Men in Black, but I didn't know what I know now. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, you hadn't heard, like, detailed accounts of... Yeah, I just... What I had was out of books, and, you know, I think that the information that is out there now is a little bit more detailed than maybe what it was before. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a subject that's always just kind of tangentially mentioned in mm-hmm. in a lot of UFO stories, but I feel like it, it's also a subject that, that deserves, you know, to be really, to be looked at as an independent phenomenon. Yeah. Like what, what is it? You know what I mean? And that's the whole um, man in black thing I didn't reach that conclusion until later right like I just kept replaying it in my head that maybe it was just some sort of crazy creeper and but then the whole thing with the way it looked the way it got out of there like there were certain things about it that just didn't make sense to me yeah and that's I think what got me to thinking okay what the hell could this have been yeah you know it, it was it a man in black? To me at the time, yeah, sure. Yeah. But what if it was something else? You know what I mean? So it's just one of those questions in my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's um that's why the concept of like a time slip or a reality shift kind of came to mind because when you at least in this version that I'm writing in my head when you pull when you pull out of the parking lot, you never see it again because you've then shifted back to your yeah to where you started, right? And yep. Maybe this is just. I mean, if we're talking about like a reality shift, maybe. I mean, maybe you ran into a one of the men in black in their on their home turf. You know what I mean? Yeah, you never know. And the thing is, I have been open to any theories on this like I've had discussions with other people about what this could have been 
And I've never ruled out anything that they said. Yeah. Like, I'm not sitting here being like, well, this is exactly what it was. Because I can't. Like, we all have to be kind of open-minded when it comes to things of this nature. Yeah. So, but I mean, the time slip, it never really occurred to me. But it makes sense. Yeah. Because it was just so weird. Like, it was a normal day until lunchtime. And then me just going to the credit union. And yeah. then it just got weird yeah. real quick. See, so, as someone who didn't feel the way you felt, like, I don't, I didn't experience that feeling while the, the thing was looking at you. Um, the thing that stands out to me in the story is that walking in with a, with a packed parking lot, mm-hmm. walking out with an empty parking lot, like, that seems like a big shift. Yeah, there you know? was, like, two cars. Yeah. But there's, you know, three, including the other car, the MIB car. But there's still a ton of people in the bank. Right. So where did all their cars go? Yeah, that location was always busy, and it was the busiest at lunchtime, and it was small, mm-hmm. so it always looked packed. Right. You know, so I'm like, it. The amount of cars and the amount of people it just didn't match. Yeah. So. That's yeah. That's bizarre. Like it was just one of those crazy things that just stuck with me. Yeah, I would imagine so. See, and I always on with accounts like this, I feel like a lot of people who have these just bizarre moments that last a few minutes in a day. Mm-hmm. And the farther you get from them, the less significant they seem for a lot of people. But so I always put a lot of weight on it when someone has an experience like that. And years later, decades later, they still remember every detail. It's still fresh in their mind. Like to me, that means you had an experience you know like that was a genuinely anomalous experience exactly and i emailed you guys the story in detail yeah um like to remember all that you know it was just crazy like if i think if i close my eyes and think about it i'm right back there yeah and now like knowing what i know now I don't know if I would have handled it the same way. I would have probably handled it differently, but then I was younger. How do you think you might handle it if that happened today? You know, with technology being the way it is and everything, and being a little bit more mature in the situation, I would probably be like, I would try to maybe communicate. Okay. You know, I don't know if I would walk over there and be like, hey, yo, what the fuck? (laughs) Right. But I would probably go over there. I'd probably, like, make it an attempt to communicate and just be like, is there something I can help you with? Right. But still maintain a safe distance. Sure. You know, because just in case it is a creeper. Yeah. You know. um, It's funny that the scariest part, the scariest version of this story is that that's a human man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it staring you down from across an empty parking lot. It looked like, yeah, a really pale man with yeah. sunglasses. And it was just weird to me. Yeah. And yeah, that's the scariest part. It's this, it wasn't that this, he just disappeared. Poof. Yeah. It, it was none of that. It was this, this, was this creeper. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Being creepy. 
And then part of me is like, okay, so if I was doing really important work, which I don't even know, like I feel like to this day, I always feel like I what I was doing was insignificant. And I don't, I think that's just, you know, imposter syndrome popping yeah. through. And I would like to get back into it. But I was like, I don't feel like I was doing anything out of the ordinary that would make one of them take notice of what I was doing. Right. You know what I mean? But then I'm like, well, maybe I was digging up too much and they were just like, we're just going to pop up and creep on you. We're not going to talk to you. We're just going to be like, listen, you know, did it stop me? No. I kept on doing the same thing for another year or two. But yeah, it was just (laughs) one of those experiences. And I didn't think about it for a while either. It wasn't until recently that I started thinking about it again. So, and sometimes I'll be somewhere and I'll see a car that reminds me of that. And I'll be like, (laughs) wait a minute. And then, you know, yeah. So I, yeah, I would imagine that would be at least a little bit traumatic of an experience, right? Yeah. I think back then it was more, but now you know, all the research I've done, all the things I've seen, all the things I've heard, and being older, I think it's a little bit different. Like, yeah. it's not as traumatizing as it was back then. Is that, do you think, because you have, like, a category to put that experience in, in your mind now? Yeah, I think so, and also, part of me wants to know more about it. Yeah. Like, part of me wants to go back and be like, what do you need? Right. Is there something I can help you with, sir? Right. You Relive know? it so that you can explore it more. Like, ask them, who who are you? Like, why are you here? Why are you creeping on me? Yeah. Like, you know, not that we're ever going to know, but, yeah. you know, I, I that's just some of the things I probably would have done differently had it happened, like, today's world. I mean, apparently they didn't think that the research you were doing warranted the, like, phasing through a wall and struggling to eat jello type men in black experiences. I I mean, or, you know, getting thirsty every two seconds. I mean, you know, but it's like, was this a person? Was it something else? Like, yeah. Like, it was just like a weird, it was just weird. I'm stuck on the fact that, like, honestly, the scariest the scariest version of the story is if that was just a guy being creepy right yeah like that freaks me out the i mean there's a reason that on our show we skirt around the like true crime parts that come with haunting stories it's mm-hmm. because like people freak me out way more than any of the the stuff that we cover yeah like i said i will take an alien i will take a big i will take any cryptid on but when you got a crazy person, yeah. like running around, creeping on everybody, acting, you know, wild, I, no, no, yeah. thank you. Let me go find Bigfoot real quick. Yeah, I, I'm good. Even Dogman, I, yeah. you know, I, over a, nah, I don't mess with people. <laughs> yeah, I feel like dealing with like Dogman or like Richard Ramirez. That's like a pretty easy choice. Like I'd much mm-hmm. rather spot Dogman from fifty yards away than Richard Ramirez. Yeah, because I feel like Dogman would just be acting on its own instinct. Sure. As an animal, as a being, the other guy. Yeah. It's trouble. Yeah. C- cuckoo bananas. Yes. Like yeah. had some issues. Mm-hmm. And wanted to see how evil he could get. Yeah. So, 
for sure. But that's what I see. You know, that's how I see the whole thing. That's that's a really interesting story. That I I like that it's it's based on like the way the experience made you feel, right? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's something that gets left out a lot, especially from like a more skeptical point of view. They always want the like nuts and bolts of what happened. Like, what did you see? What did you hear? What did you like? They, so many people fail to ask like, what did you feel about what happened? Yeah. Right. And I think that's one of human beings' most useful tools in assessing a situation. Right. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to when we were being chased down. And hunted. Yes. You know, it's an instinct-based thing. It's important. Yeah. And people ignore it. And then you get into trouble when you ignore it. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I think it's overlooked. Yeah. I think it's funny because the same, like, you know, detective-type character I'm, you know, building in my head might say, like, <laughs> <laughs> they might, like, follow a hunch, right? Yeah. But at the same time, they they might dismiss a witness's feelings about something over what, you know, what was seen or heard. Exactly. They just look at one level, right. like the, the cold evidence, but they don't go off like, well, you know, such and such felt like this yeah. and he was the neighbor for 10 years. And, you know, yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. But I mean, out of all of it, it that's what really stuck out and made it really weird and different was that how I felt and the poof disappearing yeah, kind of thing and I've never had a run in since then yeah so I mean to me if I have an experience and like the hair on the back of my neck stands up that's just as material as anything else you know what I mean mm-hmm. like yeah intuition is very big right and I think if you just ignore it, that's when you run into trouble. Yeah, definitely. Like, never ignore that. So, that's my advice for all the kids out there. <laughs> that's important advice. Yes. For sure. If you're about to get yes. in a car and you think, maybe I shouldn't get in this car. Don't. Yeah, don't, don't get do in it. The damn car. Listen to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, I love that story. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's bonkers. Did, it's um, way out there. Did anything from that that time doing research on abduction cases, in, do any of those stories stick in your mind that you wouldn't mind sharing? Um, yeah, I think it'll be okay, because I, you know, yeah, it was so long ago. Okay. Um, a lot of people... I couldn't trace. It was like a lot of people. You know how they say that alien abductees, um, it's usually generational. Yeah. Like people were being abducted as kids and everything. There was a lot of people. Well, not really a lot, but there was a chunk of people that I could not get out of them if that happened. Okay. Like a lot of them only remembered adult things going on. Right. Which was kind of weird to me because I feel like all the other ones... It's always come out that it's been generational. Yeah. There was like a lot of people that was like a once and done. Mm. And I know people are just like, what about Betty and Barney Hill? And, you know, well, we can't prove that that was a once and done. Maybe it wasn't a once and done. But it was like, 
the resistance of some of these folks to talk about it. Um, it wasn't shocking. It was just like the whole, well, this just happened to me once. Yeah. Like they just want to minimize it. Are you sure it just happened once? And then they would be like, well, there was this other time where I left the house and it took three hours to get back. And I'm like, well, what happened? And they'd be like, well, no, I just got lost. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, there was a lot of them. Yeah. That were incredibly minimizing of their situations. But I think too, that was the time. Yeah. You know, it was before internet was doing crazy things and whatnot. Um, another thing that I don't know if it fits into the whole UFO mythology kind of thing I was dealing with, but I was also dealing with people um, telling me just weird shit that was going on around in there. And there was this remote part of the city that's built up now, but it wasn't a while ago. Um, they built a shopping mall. It was still very wooded and rural next to the shopping mall. And I, I took a story from someone who worked in the mall. And this was back, like I said, 20 plus years ago. And she said that she was approached one night by two kids with black eyes. Oh, man. And I had never heard of that. And I know the first, you know, things happened. I think the first stories were like 96 or something yeah. in Abilene. But at that point, all I had was, like, books to do research on and stuff. Like, I wasn't really using the internet. And I remember when she told me, I was just like, what the what? Excuse me? Like, that gave me nightmares. Like, I was shook. Yeah. I was shook over that (laughs) because I'd never heard of it. And so then I was like, oh, my God, are they aliens? Like, what? What? Right. And when I would go to that mall, like, I avoided that end, like, the plague. I was like, I'm not going over there. Like, no, there's creepy stuff in those woods. But it was, like, later on down the road when they started talking about black-eyed kids that I remembered that story. And I was like, holy shit, this woman, like, my brain was buzzing. Like, she said, these two kids come up. It's, like, 10 o'clock at night. She's getting off her shift at the one store over there. And they just start asking her questions and they're really aggressive. And she said it, she panicked. And when she looked up, they didn't have any, you know, their eyes are black. Yeah. And she said she looked down or what I, I'm trying to remember the actual details. She looked away or looked down and they were gone. Whoa. So it was like this weird, like, what the hell? So that was one of those that stood out to me. Yes, yeah. I was I was twisted and yeah. then one night I think it was a show I was watching and they started talking about black eyed kids and I think I almost fell out of my skin wow because I was like you know yeah and whether or not they exist whether or not you know they're just a creepy pasta I, I don't know if this woman was making it up usually you could tell if somebody's making something up. So you were like accidentally on the cutting edge of black eyed kids encounter I, stories. I, I don't know if I'm was the cutting edge, but I, it, I had heard about this before I knew about the original sighting right. of the, the guy in Abilene. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, so this was maybe like 2000. Right. That's, yeah. So, you know, and like I said, I didn't, I wasn't really doing much for the internet um, at that time. I didn't have a computer until like 2009. Yeah. You know, so. See, um, I would call that cutting edge because I don't think I even ever heard about Black Eyed Kids until, I don't know, 2010. <laughs> I mean, much later. Well, I didn't know what they were. Like, yeah. you know, like I said, you know, when I started hearing things, I was like shook. Yeah. I mean, those and things, then I, those stories scare the shit out of me. Yes. And then I was freaked out for a couple days because I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. They're out there you know so there's something about creepy kids mm-mm. in general and then you add that like demonic flair those like the black eyes and the the odd questions and the sudden ramp up in aggression that you hear in a lot of them yeah um yeah yeah creepy kids and animals that act not like animals are my yes. two like no <laughs> Yeah. Like the you know the deer that stand up on their legs and walk away, that's yeah. a fuck no for me. And right. creepy kids is a fuck no for me. Yeah. See, there are a lot of dogman stories like that where people will encounter like a pack of dogs, and most of them will go away, and then just one of them will stand up on two legs and stare at them before walking off. Yeah, but I think with that, I the the whole mythology of like the werewolves. Is so yeah. ingrained in my brain. That's not okay. as weird it doesn't seem as, as, like, wrong. as a deer standing up and being like, peace yeah. and walking out. <laughs> <I Yeah. mean, laughs> but that that's sense. freaky. That yeah. is freaky. Like once <laughs> I was reading like creepy stories online and this hunter, no, 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 this farmer and his son had put up webcams to catch things that were eating stuff in the backyard or their whatever the crops right and they caught deer floating around and i was like (laughs) (laughs) i was like that's enough internet for tonight i closed my computer and went to go watch family guy or king of the hill (laughs) i was like i need to bleach my brain because that that's unsettling to me shit like that is freaky to me yeah they were floating like what (laughs) yeah that's, yeah, that's very odd. <laughs> See, I I theorized to Ryan that um, that the reason that people find, like particularly um, encounters with the ghosts of children, the mm-hmm. idea of the a child ghost, the reason they find that so much scarier than you know an adult ghost, yeah, um, has to do with like evolution with like it's like an evolutionary trait in us that the idea of child death is something that should be avoided at all costs yeah right that it's like it feels wrong to us yeah i i think that's like something that's ingrained in people yeah on, a, on a biological level i believe it because damn i mean those the the kid ghost stories hit differently like right. you'd be like Nah. And no. even in horror movies, it's become a trope because it's so effective to have the scary child, right? Um, what movie was it? The Grudge. Yeah. With the little, I, I the turned ring. it off. Yeah, I turned it off. Yeah, with the the wet girl. Oh, nope. Climbing I watched out of the well. it five minutes. Um, The yeah. Grudge, the creepy kid with the howl and the blue. Nope. Oh yeah. I didn't Too even much. finish the movie. I turned it off. <laughs> yeah. Bye. 
Oh yeah, I get it. Like no. And I think that's that's an instinctual reaction. I think. Yeah. It's, especially the the idea that that a child instead of needing to be taken care of could be a danger. Mm-hmm. Feels askew. Yeah. You know, it's like it's counterintuitive to what the human experience is. Yeah. Um, but then, are they really a danger? Right. Are ghosts really dangerous? Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. then it circles back around and you have this whole other conversation to be had. Yeah. So, is the ghost dangerous or is it trying to communicate with you? Right. Like, that's how I, it, that's how I think of cryptids, yeah. too. I'm, I'm weird. It's right. okay. Um. No, I, I, I always appreciate <laughs> your positive spin on things, right? Like... This is not malevolent. It's just the way the world works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. People, a lot of people are trash. The paranormal's right. cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dog man for president. Uh, I don't know about that because I don't think he'd be weird. Like, he'd be like, yeah. I don't think he would enjoy being trapped like that. Yeah probably not he seems very like non-committal to things i don't think human beings enjoy it either to be fair no i think it's a pretty fucking miserable job <laughs> yeah but it's like you 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 bought into it that's where yeah, you're yeah. going for sure it's that power and ego yeah sometimes it's pretty easy to lose track of your best intentions when you're just going after that gold ring right yeah yes yeah and dog man just wants a tasty snack yeah so and sometimes it's a person and sometimes it's farm animals exactly Mm -hmm. exactly i mean yeah yeah it's the way it is man (laughs) okay so before before we go um can you tell the audience where to find you? Any exciting projects you have coming up? Just what to look out for. Sure. Um, I am on Instagram. I live on Instagram. Um, you can find me, the Crescent Hair, all one word. The Crescent is a moon. Hair is a bunny that will kick your ass. <laughs> um, my website, thecrescenthair.com. Um, I've just been going back and reworking some of my older stuff. Um, because I feel like my style's evolved a little bit. I have an- another project coming up. So, if they want to find out about the Kickstarter and everything, um, I will. I have a profile up already for the Kickstarter. Um, it's Celestial Alien Oracle is the name on Instagram. Um, so basically. The all-knowing alien has come down, and they will be running that Instagram as themselves. I'm just kind of handling it for them. Yeah. And then we have this big project we're doing together that we're launching on um, May 5th, or May 1st, through Kickstarter. Awesome. So, yeah. So I just do what the alien tells me to do. (laughs) Excellent. And you've also started doing some episodes of Tracing Owls, right? Yeah, yeah, I probably will be doing a lot of those with him. So, Excellent. Yeah. Definitely check that out as well. Yeah, we'll try not to piss too many people off. Yeah, right. There's going to be ideas that are going <laughs> to piss people off, but that's just, you can't satisfy the masses. Yeah. So That's how you know you're doing it right. Yeah, 
Yep. Um, yeah. And then way in the future, like, yeah, I just have a lot of things I want to do. Like more cryptid art, more, you know, witchy stuff. Um, yeah, clothing line that I'm looking at. So, yeah, a bunch awesome. of different things. So Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, That's no problem. Great stories. Man, a year 2000 Black Eyed Kids story. <laughs> I know. That's I awesome. told my best friend and she was like, say what? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because it was so weird. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. And if you want more, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling it's there you will find bonus content behind the scenes we're just keeping up on our day-to-day and maybe some swag along the way it is our way to show thanks for your support and do everything we can to provide you with as much content as possible again that's patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling With that said, we want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials at campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And lastly, we do have our merch store. You can find the link available on all of our social media or via our link tree. Show your support. Buy a shirt. Buy a sticker. Buy a blanket. Buy a pillow. Anything that you want to rep Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And and trust trust in the unknown. unknown.